0: Amen. Another day, another gift, another Thanksgiving, amen? Shall we pray? Father, we just bless you. You are an awesome God. There is none like you. None can compare with you. Father, we trust you this morning. You're going to touch each of us. You will meet everyone at the point of their needs. To the end that your name, and your name alone will be glorified. Our joy and fulfillment is sure. We just give you thanks. Take absolute control this morning. I yield my tongue, my lips, everything to you. As if I say Father, use use it all the way you will in jesus name i pray amen praise god so like we've heard today it's our prison and hospital ministry ministries visitation ministries visitation sunday amen it's an all something that god has been using these people to do like you heard from them god has been awesome he's been using them faithfully i thank god for their commitment i thank god for the dedication and i thank god for the joy gives them they do it with joy come rain come shine to god be all the glory and today going forward it's a new a fresh anointing on these ones and on anyone that will dare join them. Praise the Lord. So my topic today is created for good works. Created for good works. And my text is taken from Ephesians 2 verse 10. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 2 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, his own master work, work of art. created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works he will do to fulfill it. Praise God. It's like I don't even need to say anything anymore. So he says we are his workmanship. And I said to look up that word workmanship. Something effected, made, or produced an art or skill of a workman. He is a workman. You are that his workmanship. It says again, another translation says, You're a masterpiece. I'm I'm trying to tell you who you are. You are a masterpiece. Your work done with extraordinary skill. He is the creator, He does this work. You are His masterpiece. Praise the Lord. And then you know how they say, You're a smash hit. You are a smash hit. Amen. You should carry your head up when you're moving. Daughter of Zion, son of the most high God. You should be able to carry your... You see how those royalties... I was looking at the queen. All those things they were doing on TV. Mother was saying, ah, she should just pray God that when she, she, she you know she's going to heaven. Otherwise, all these things that she enjoyed here, and she misses heaven. That's what Nawahala. Praise the Lord. So can you imagine royalty? The way, the respect... The love and then you are a special one, a divine royalty. Praise the Lord. You should have, have your heads up. Psalm 139, you know, said it rightly. It says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are wonderful. It says, wonderful are your works, oh God. Praise the Lord. So you are a masterpiece. If you forgot in today, remember, you are a masterpiece. You are a smash hit. Praise God. He says you are renewed. He says you are ready to be used for good works. You are ready to be used for good works. And as we go along, you see how he prepared you I'm got you ready to use you for good works. He said he has prepared you to walk in his will. His ability, that's what I'm reading this one. Oh, he says you are ready to be used. And as you go along, you see. He prepared you so that you walk in his will. He prepared you so that his ability that is given to you would be used to do this good work. His strength is at your disposal. That ability is there. If you know the ability we're talking about, when you go to Ephesians, he begins to talk about verse 1. 17, I think around uh, chapter 1, around verse 17 to 23, begins to talk about you knowing what God has done in you. That strength that he has strengthened you with, the ability that he used in raising Christ from the dead, that same ability is in you. That ability, the magnitude of that ability that is in you. Have you ever sat down to think to think about this ability that he has placed in you, right inside of you, the same power, the same ability that raised Christ from the dead is in you, child of God. I want you, when you go home, meditate on it, so that you will catch this revelation and run with it. The ability that was used to raise Christ from the dead is on the inside of you, praise the Lord. That ability is there. You have that strength. We have no cause not to be strong. And those good work, the good deeds that he's looking at you, he's requiring of you to perform. Whatever it is he's asking us to do, we have the ability to do it. it, has been given to us. And all he's asking us to do is within our range, amen? So he says again, that you're created in Christ Jesus. How? God united us. This morning when she was reading it, God united us. And then when he was singing the song about ability and the light that we are, I said, okay, God, thank you. He created you in Christ Jesus by uniting you. We're united. We're joined with Christ in his death. You are joined with him. You are united with him in his burial and also in his resurrection. You are joined with Christ. You are united. He created you in him. And then he gave us eternal inheritance in Christ. Praise the Lord. That is what, you know, that created in Christ. You are reborn from above. He begins to describe that you are reborn from above. He says you are spiritually transformed. And I'm looking at transformation. All I can remember is when I was doing biology in high school, in university, I remember the metamorphosis of the butterfly. It's going to bring out the exact meaning of your renewal. And I look at the, the lava, the ugliest state of the butterfly is the lava. I'm looking at the lava as it goes, boom, boom, the pupa. Boom, it comes, the adult butterfly flies out beautifully made, beautiful colors from the lava to the adults. That is the change that you're seeing from, you know, in you. Spiritually, you're transformed from the place of that lava to the place of the adult butterfly. Beautiful. Praise the Lord. That is your spiritual transformation. That's the only thing I want. You know, I can, every time I read that passage, that, was, that comes to me. Praise the Lord. And he says, you're ready to be used. You are ready to be used. Amen. And then as you go on, what else you're going to look at? He says, even though I'm trying to look up that passage to describe what I want to describe, praise the Lord. Okay. He says, um, so after the transformation you are renewed say so you are ready to be used for good works. And he says then you begin to ask yourself what are these good works? Then he says and these good works that God has already prepared for us he prepared he prepared these good works for you beforehand before ever you were born. He says taking the paths which he set so that you will do what work in them there are a few things you can look at here you know if you remember the passages in the bible when you look at predestination you're predestined i begin to see something like that here salvation predestined was prepared beforehand again the works he wants you to walk the work w-o-r-k he wants you to walk in the w-a-l-k it's already was already prepared for you they were already prepared for you, not just your salvation. Even the work that he wants you to do as his tribe was already prepared for you beforehand. So you have nothing to do with it. He doesn't leave you any place to do what? To rejoice, to be prideful, no. This work was already prepared by him before the foundation of this earth, before ever you were born. He did what? He energized you. He gave you the ability to prepare this work. He showed you. He so okay, this is the set path. Walk in it. All you need to do is to carry yourself and walk in it. Praise the Lord. Just like in salvation, you were born again, not by your own strength. It has nothing to do with you. Our sister read it. It was all an act of grace. Grace, his own Grace. Through faith, that was no, it's about keeping the laws, going to, the church, to church a million times, fasting, praying, going to this, doing early morning, whatever, midnight. No, it is only by his grace. You have nothing. You didn't contribute nothing. Only by his grace, through faith. Amen? The same thing in this walk, too, that he has prepared for you to walk. You have nothing in it. You have no input. He's already prepared for you beforehand. Amen? It's all he's doing. He founded it and he did what he created you. He gave you the ability and said this is the way. Praise the Lord. Then again he says taking paths which he said, already set the path for you. You don't have to look for the path. It's already set for you. So that you will do what work, walk, W A L K in them. And when you see whenever we say walking, W-A-K. LK, it means like a, a life process, a long time thing, a lifelong process. It's not something you will do one day and then you stop. It means that it's how you live your life. Praise the Lord. He created you to live, live your life like that, living the good life, which he pre-arranged, already arranged it for you. You didn't arrange it. And he made it ready for you. Praise the Lord. So God planned in advance your destiny, my destiny. And he planned the good things, the good works that you will do to fulfill it, that we will do to fulfill it. Amen? We have nothing to contribute except work, as he says, to walk. So I looked at Ephesians 1, 3 to 5. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly realms, because we are united. That united comes up again. So all the blessings that God has blessed you with, it's not because you're a master planner or you can do so, 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 and so. No, it's because you're united. You are united with Christ. You are joined with Christ. That's why you, you know, got all those, you're getting all the blessings, so you got them. He says, even before the world was made, he loved you and he chose us in Christ to be holy. I'm trying to bring out everything that this whole thing God decided in advance to adopt us into his family. And this is what he wanted to do, and he gave him pleasure, taking paths which he set. So both our salvation and the path to it were all pre-arranged. So you don't have any right to claim Whatever it is that God is using it you for, you, you have nothing to claim, nothing to be prideful for. There's nothing you can do because you're already predestined. Praise the Lord. So I begin to ask again, what are those good works God has prepared for us? Good works includes a lot of things my mind will start going okay you come you have to go to Bible study you have to go to church you have to go to prayer meeting you have to go to fellowship all kinds of religious things that's fine you have to pray for the sick you have to go evangelizing to evangelize the, the world outreach you help the poor yes these are all good these are all good that amongst those things the work that God has prepared you for but then it doesn't end there this is not the work doesn't end there God has a bigger plan more than what we have just read out in other words the good works that we just read in verse 10 that are not just religious activities that we do every day or every Sunday rather is the good works that covers the whole Christian life all that you do by God's grace, for God's purposes, these are the good works. Praise the Lord. We have passages that will support that. That Ephesians 2.10, that all our life must be lived through God and for God. Romans 12one 1-2, message. It says, here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life always dragging you down to the level of its immaturity. But God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Praise the Lord. So offering your body, taking everything that consigns you, every day you live, whatever you do in thoughts, in words, indeed, you lay it there at his feet. At his feet every day. is a sacrifice. That's the works he's talking about. Look at Colossians 3.23, we'll bring it out more. It says, whether you do it, it says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul that is put in your every best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. So then you see, it's good to devote yourself to the life of the church and get engaged in outreach and all that stuff but Ephesians 2:10 is telling us something else to learn to see our whole life it's like a sequence of good works that you're offering to God your everyday life see it as a sequence of all the good works offered to God amen so this means your good works can include whatever you do at work your your workplace it includes what you do in your house, in the marketplace, in your classroom, wherever you are. If you're a boss, the way you treat them is part of your good works. The way you manage stuff, you the manager. A parent, the way you take care of your children. Husband, the way you marry your wife. The wife, the way you submit to your husband. Children, the way you obey your parents. And parents, the way you walk with them and not agitate them everything you do everything every single things like a sequence we're talking about the good works that has created you to do praise the Lord and I pray that as we grow in faith we we'll begin to see ourselves as God's masterpiece amen his masterpiece prepared by him for good works I look at the PEV The translation, it says, God is the one that made us what we are, and he wants us to do good things. He already has those good things ready for us to do. He turned us into new people, and he joined us to Jesus Christ. So now, we can do those good things. He says, so now, did you catch something there? It means you cannot do those good things that he's asking you to do without being joined to Christ, without being united to him. Without being recreated. Praise the Lord. That joining to Christ. That joining to him. United to him. That is the basis. Your ability to do good works. Praise the Lord. Just like the good. I can use the under application. The, the vine and the branches. Everything that the branch is, comes from the vine amen everything the branches that are just there so being joined to Christ is your enablement to do this good work amen there's no one unbeliever can do any good work because it's not created he says you're created for good works has the brown unbeliever been created is he recreated is he joined to Christ is he united no so you You are recreated. You are joined to Christ. You are united so that, you say that's so that, that clause. That's the only way, that's the only reason you can do these good works. God has a purpose, amen? Praise the Lord. The easy translation says it is God who has worked in us to make us what we are. He has given us a new life, a new life because we are united with Christ. He keeps coming up. He saved us so that now, he saved you. See? You begin to ask why he saved you and you don't know your destiny. What is my de- that's that's one here in this, this passage. He says he saved you so that. I keep seeing that so that. When he talks about joining you, united to him, saving you. It comes again and he says, so that now. So that now you're no longer what you used to be. You're no longer an unbeliever, you're no longer wallowing in sin. He joined you to Christ. He saved you so that you can now do those good things he wants you to do. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the ERV. He says God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people. Why? Another so that you will spend your life doing the good things he has already planned for you to do. I'll put it, let me say it the way it is here. So that we would spend our lives doing the good things he had already planned for us to do. Praise the Lord. That means plans for you to walk in. Other translations say to walk in. Amen. So let's look at some scriptures. Philippians 2, 12 to 15 He says, my dear friends, you always obeyed what you were taught. Just as you obeyed when I was with you, it's even more important for you to obey now that I am not there. You must continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. What is that way? Doing this good work. You must do what? Continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. Then he says, do this this with fear. And respect for God. Yes, it is God who is working in you. He helps you want to do what pleases him. And he gives you the power to do it. He didn't just create you, sorry, purpose. And he enabled you to do all this good work. That is the purpose why he created you, why he saved you, why he joined you to Christ. You need to start taking, go back on memory lane. Have I been doing the good works that God created me to do? Praise the Lord. And then when you do that good work, He begins to tell you. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. You see, I said it about these this two groups of people, the praising and the hospital ministries. I said, they do it with joy. You don't need to push anybody like a barrow, a wheelbarrow. No, in any ministry, ministry where you are, as a housewife, full-time housewife, as a teacher, as a director, as a doctor, as a, an engineer, whatever you are, this is, you're doing the good works that he has created you to do. Believe me, he created you for that good work. It's not only when you come to church or do some religious things, amen, and you should do it without complain or arguing. Then he gives a reason so that you'll be blameless and pure children of God without any faults. Praise God. When you go complaining and whining and grumbling and all that stuff, no, you'll be found, you'll be blamed. You'll no longer be blameless. Praise the Lord. He wants you to do it without complaint as pure children of God, without any faults. Praise God. He says, but you are living with evil people all around you, who have lost their sense of what is right. Among those people, you shine like light in a dark world. You ought to shine like light. That's where you are in a dark world. In the midst of those unbelievers, sinners in your workplace, you need to shine. That speck of light that shines in darkness. You come into a room, it's all dark. But then you just light, boom, strike a match. You bring, you see that speck of light, right? you bring what you illuminate the whole place you put that it illuminates the whole place and begins to draw people to christ amen that's what your life should be like amen As you become that you know as you be that child of god that is there doing what he has called you to do created you to do as our full-time wife that husband that is being a husband not his not an absentee head he's always there taking care of the children helping the wife the wife is there helping the husband take care, raise their kids in the fear of God, in his admonition, in the office of representing. We are representing him. Praise the Lord. You are a representative of Christ. Whether as a housewife, whether as a manager, a doctor, an engineer, whatever you are, you are representative. He has created you for this good work. And he called it a good work. Amen. And we see it's something you don't stop doing. It's lifelong, every day, every season, every season. The life of every Christian ought to be marked with consistent, fervent, good works. Your life, a Christian, is ought to be marked with consistent, that's be consistent, that's to be fervent, burning, good works, amen? Not even passionate, displaying that passion. Passionate intensity, a fervent disciple of what? Of Christ. Amen. Galatians 6 9 to 10 says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful. But also doing that which promotes their spiritual well being. You need to know when somebody needs help. They need prayer. They need the word. You encourage them. You want to be an encourager, a blessing to everyone that comes around you. The Spirit of God being in you, okay, to use you to do what He wants to do to that person or with that person at that point in time. Praise the Lord. So you're being helpful, not just giving them food, but also spiritually. Amen. Especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born again believers. Amen. Sometimes you see a sister, you know she needs to be encouraged. Go ahead, encourage her. It won't cost you anything. She needs to be praised. Oh, this is a mother of five, a mother of four, a mother of three. How do you do it? You praise them. You encourage. The Lord is your strength. I pray for you. You can lay your hands. You bless them. Amen. It goes a long way. Amen. Galatians 6, 9 to 10 says, And let us not lose... I think I just read it. This is amplified. <laughs> this is... I think it's a different version. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. Praise the Lord. First Timothy 6, 17 to 18 He says, as for the rich in the world, charge them, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches. (laughs) Riches are uncertain. They can just develop wing overnight, praise the Lord, and fly away. But on God, they should put their trust, their hope on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, as somebody is preaching or speaking, you can be taking some note on, you know, those promises and hold God on that. Hold on to that promise and take it back to God. He says, God richly and ceaselessly does what? He provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He says, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works. We need to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart ready to share with others. Praise the Lord. See, you have a good example. You don't have any reason not to. We have Pastor Emmanuel, the man with a heart of gold. If you need to know how to give, go to him. Spend some time with him. It will rub off on you. Praise the Lord. There are people like that. They love to give. They give out of their nothing. God wants you to be like that. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians Five, nine, and ten. It says, therefore, whether we are at home, on earth, away from him or away from home and with him, we are constantly ambitious and strive earnestly to be pleasing to him. You strive. No matter what. No matter what you're doing, your thoughts, your words, your deeds. Let it be pleasing to him. Praise the Lord. He says, believers conduct in society. How do you as a believer conduct yourself? Titus one, 3, 1 and 2. And I'll read verse 14 using a different translation. It says, Remind people to be submissive to their magistrates and authorities, to be obedient, to be prepared and willing to do any upright and honorable work. Some translations will say, Good work. To slander or abuse or speak evil of no one. This is the part of the good works. You cannot be found gossiping, slandering a fellow child of God or your fellow worker, whoever they may be. He says, no, this is not how you conduct yourself as a child of God. To slander or abuse or speak evil of no one. To avoid being contentious. To be forbearing, yielding yielding, gentle and what, conciliatory, and to show unqualified courtesy toward everybody. This is your conduct as a child of God. This is the good works he has created you to do, to walk in. It's a lifetime requirement. Every day, praise the Lord. So whenever you're talking to another sister, another brother, your parents, your children, your co-worker, your boss, your people that work, your employee, employee, employees, your employers, everybody, take heed that you're here for one reason. It's a good work that God has given into your hands. That mother as you feed your children, as you make their meals, it's a good work. And God wants you to do it out to work in it. Amen? To do it joyfully. And then verse 14, I like it says, who gave himself for us? Again, he gave us himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous, zealous. You have the zeal for good works. God wants you to be zealous for good works. He wants to see that zeal in you as a housewife serving your husband, as a husband serving your wife. Serving your children, serving your parents, your co-workers. He said it's good work, and God wants to see you do it with zeal. Amen? He wants you to be zealous. Zealous for good works. Amen. Okay. Then I like the um, 6 to 8, verse 7. He says, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. A pattern. You want to be a pattern. You know what patterns are? People that don't know how to sew, they can get a pattern. They just lay it out. And then, you know, they lay out what they want to sew. They put the pattern on it. And then they trace, they cut up. That pattern is for what? It's something you can look at. Somebody can look at it and say, okay, this is what I want to do. And you use it, it gives you the same thing that you want. You want it to be a pattern of good works. People want to see and say, whoa, this is a pattern. I can say, this woman. She's just a pattern of good works. That is what God wants. He says, in all things, in all things, not just in religious things, in all things, those mundane things at home, He says He wants you to be a pattern of good works. Amen. Then it comes to Titus 3. Verse fourteen, he says, "And let our people." He's talking to Timothy. It says, "Let our people also learn to maintain good works." You need to learn it. You may not be able. You may do today, tomorrow, you will see yourself on the other side. But he says, "You have to learn to maintain good works. Learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs, that they may be that they may not be unfruitful." Amen. So salvation is not as a result of your good works. No. Rather, you do good works because of your salvation. Amen. You're not doing anything for God. So God will love you more. Or God will save you. No. But you're doing these good works because of his love. Because he has already saved you. Amen. It's a product of your salvation. The good works. Amen. Colossians 2, 6-7 says therefore as you have received christ jesus the lord walk in union with him oh you need to walk that branch you need to keep abiding walk in union with him reflecting his character in the things you do and say you need as a housewife as a husband as a child as a boss whatever you are you need to reflect the character of jesus let it reflect, of, you know, of you. Let that be a reflection of who he, he is, from you. he says, reflecting his character in the things you do and say. How do you talk? What are those things you say? What are those things you do? Do they reflect his character? Not just when the pastor is there. You heard where Paul says, even when I'm not there, please. When the pastor is not there, especially pastor, senior pastor. The senior pastors, when they're not there, whatever you're doing, women, whatever you're doing behind Pastor Dorothy, does it is it reflective of the character of Christ? Those things you say and do, do they reflect him? Or is it because mommy is there? And I died, oh, Pastor Manny, when he's there? Oh, my God. Everybody I look at, are so holy, holy, holy. And I'm like, our oh, pastor, <laughs> our oh, senior pastor, we need to pray for them. Because we are all so pious pious what's the word how do you pronounce it okay we're so we look so holy before them that we i know they are confused praise the lord but today the bible says the word of god says as you walk in union with him reflect the character of christ in the things you say and the things you do living lives that lead others away from sin do not be the type that people will come close to, you know they'll come around you and they will learn how to be rude to their husbands, how to be unkind, to their wives, to their parents, to their co-workers. They learn how to be rude bosses. No. Or telling lies. No. But when they come to you, let them learn how to do what? To live a a life that is free of sin. A life that leads people away from sin. That's what you're called to live. Amen. So James says, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue daring. therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. A doer of what? The work. You know, initially, I look at this and I say, is it, a, how would God say a doer of the work? How do you do work instead of a doer of the word? You know, the do I was used to. Until I started studying this. You have to be a doer of the work. That work, that good work that has created you. To walk in. So you have to be a doer of that walk. And if you do, it says you will be blessed in your deeds. Amen? I think I'll skip this. So, this is the same thing again. Those who believe. You see, faith produces good works. That's what we're saying. If you're not a believer, how can you do good works? You've not been recreated. You're not born again. Praise the Lord. And then he's telling us now that you that is a believer in God should be careful to maintain good works. I think we've seen it before. Amen. So let us look at John 9. We see where Jesus, verse 4, he says, we must walk work the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming when no man can walk. As long as I'm in the world, I am the world's light. He was also assigned to do some kind of good work, right? And this is, he says it's a business. It's the Lord's business, it's his vineyard. So you're walking in his vineyard. You are needed, you are required to do this good work. Praise the Lord. He says, I am the world's light, the light of the world. So you, too, that is a follower of Christ, you need to walk in his footsteps and obey his word. You should never be caught in darkness, in the realm of darkness. You should not be in the realm of darkness, making your decisions, your judgments, and everything you do in that realm, from the realm of darkness. Where they cannot see, they only walk with what? Sense, knowledge. Amen? Why? Go to a Colossians. He says... You have been delivered. Who delivered us? Colossians 1.13, it says, who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So you see, you have been taken out of that realm of darkness. We are men walk there without senses. They walk senseless. They walk by their senses, amen. Praise the Lord. Because when you're born again, that spirit, that new nature comes in, right? The spirit takes over possession, And then the senses, the senses are just the product of your body, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, how you feel, how you taste, and those are the senses. And that is the problem we have. If we can just see the senses, instead of saying the flesh, you use the senses, you'll be on the right track. Know when you're going astray. Amen. So we have been translated into the kingdom of his love, the son of his love, into the family of God. We become partakers of his nature, his divine nature. And the same life that is in the Son of God is also in you. The same light that is in him is also in you. You see? So you should not be found walking, making judgment decisions from the realm of the senses. You're reacting reacting to how you feel, how they made you feel, what you see, what you taste, and all that stuff. The way she looked at me. All these are just for senses. That sense-related, even though it is called flesh, I'd rather go with the senses. It keeps me at a lot to know what I'm doing, praise the Lord, and not be confused. So that life that is in the sun is also in you. The same life that He had is in us. So you see why He says you should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You don't have any room. You cannot be there, praise the Lord. You can't reason from that. You cannot let the sense dominate you because now you have the recreated spirit. And that recreated spirit should be what? Dominate you 24-7. The things you say, the things you do, should be dominated. It should be dominated by your recreated spirits, not your senses. Amen? I'll be using senses instead of flesh to make you to catch it more. Amen? He said, I'm the light. John 8 12 says, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. So when Jesus says he's the light of the world, he should challenge you. Amen? Because you're following in footsteps. steps. You are the partaker of his life. You have that light also in you. Amen? It is in you. His life, the light, the ability, that are all in you. Everything that was done on that cross, he did. As a substitutionary act, you are the beneficiary. That are all for you because of you. Look at that exchange. Look at it now. You have the ability. You have his life, not that sin. You have his life, eternal life. You have his ability in you. You have that light in you. Praise God. The light cannot be hidden. You cannot hide that light. You need to shine as you serve God. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. He has not given you this light. You cannot light a candle and put it under your bed, under the chest or whatever. He has done what? He has given you his life. That light is in you. You're supposed to shine out wherever you are as you do these good works to bless people around you. Amen? With that light, we must set aside the works of darkness. He says, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. He said, when he's in the world, he is the light of the world. And now, you are taking his place. You are now the light of the world. Amen. Ephesians 5, he says, once, you, once your life was full of sin's darkness. When he's talking about that darkness, the sin's darkness. But now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you. That light is there. Why? Because of your union with him. You see that union again? There's no way you'll be in union with him and you'll be walking in darkness. Praise the Lord. That light should shine through you. He says your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruits of of his light will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Amen? We cannot afford to step out of that light. We cannot afford to step out of the light. That means you are stepping into darkness. It means you are having a broken fellowship with God. It means to step out of the realm of love because he is love. It means so many things. That light is really love. Shining out to bless people around you, both in your conduct and in your words. Amen. Amen. Jesus brought to us this new nature, the nature of the Father. We must always stay in that realm of light and love. We cannot afford to step out of it. When you walk in the light as he is in the light, the Bible says you have fellowship, not only with the Father, but with one another. Praise the Lord. Walk in love. Walk in the love of God. Walk in that light. Walk in that good works that has created you to walk in. And then you have fellowship, not just with him, but with also one another. Amen. You have taken the place of Jesus. You have the light. You are the light of the world. Just like Paul was saying, he says, Follow me. Paul says, Follow me as I follow Christ. Will you be able to say to people around you, in your workplace, in your home, wherever, in your family, everyone around you, can you say, Follow me? As I follow Christ. You should be able to say that because you have the same light in you. Every one of us, we're lights in this world. And we're saying to the world, Do what? Follow me as I follow Christ. Remember that. Amen. Okay, before I'm trying to see. So, it says, You are a new creature. Second Corinthians, I want to touch on, I say you're a new creation. If any person is engrafted, you know how to graft something, right? Like the tree trunk, and you get probably, like, probably an orange, sweet orange, and you have a sour orange, you just get a piece of it, and you graft it into this one, the sweet one. After some time, what happens? The other one begins to do what? The taste changes. It becomes sweet. You've been engrafted into Christ, the Messiah. You're a new creation, a new creature altogether. So your old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. So you have a new life. You have the Zue life. It is a God's kind of life. You have the nature of your Abba Father. And in that nature of the Father, we have wisdom. We have all our ability to do, to walk in these works, works that he has called us to. That is what we need to do. Realize that we have his nature. We have the ability. We have the light. We should be able to do the good works he has you know, asked us to do. And our mission, it should not be selfish. It should not be self-centered. It should be because you love him. Your motives should be because you Love him and you want to honor him. We do good things again, like I said, because we are Christians, we are recreated, and we can do all the good works. Our motive should be to bring glory to God. Let's see Titus 2. It says Titus 2:11. It says, God's marvelous grace has manifested in Blessing, bringing salvation for everyone this same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and this same grace equips us to live self-controlled upright godly lives in the present age god has so equipped you with this ability in him praise the lord You have His light. You have the the light of the light He has. The same light you have. You have that righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ, that will make you to stand boldly before God without any fear, and boldly before Satan with every boldness, because of the righteousness of God in Christ. You are equipped for every good work. The ability is in you as you go forward. Begin to be mindful of your conducts. What do you say? How do I say it? How do I walk? Be mindful of it. You are created for good works. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Shall we pray? In Jesus' name, our Heavenly Father, we thank you. You created us for good works. It's a good thing that you brought it again to our memory today. And you made it clearer. I pray for all of us as we go back. Help us to study this purpose of your creating us. Your purpose of creation. The destiny. You called it our destiny. Help us to study it. Help us. You have so equipped us. We have everything we need. As we study, Father, open our eyes the more. And cause revelation knowledge to come forth for us. So we begin to live our lives. Just the way you want us to live and the reason why you created us. To the end that your name will be glorified and our joy shall be full. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.